Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, C. Sparky, 5 for 55 past the hour. Time for another Milwaukee Sports Time. I was broadcast live from the Wendy Studios after each and every Milwaukee Bucks victory. Get yourself a free frosty at participating Wisconsin Wendy's within 24 hours of a Bucks victory. Time to switch gears. We've been talking Packers, Badger football, Bucks basketball, uh, Panther basketball, Marquette basketball. Time now to switch gears back to Brewers baseball with former Brewers uh, pitcher Tim Diller, of course, Bally Sports Wisconsin analyst as well, uh, host of uh, Brewers Unfiltered, him Adam McKelvey and Brad Ford throughout the baseball season. A busy offseason for the Milwaukee Brewers, maybe not as far as signing free agents but making a couple deals here uh, to get Jesse Winker and William Contreras. Your thoughts on both of those deals and what it means for this Brewers baseball team? Wow, you're hitting me with the good stuff right out of the gate. I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what? The Winker thing, I think, is is going to be awesome. I mean, if he can even gather a little bit of what he was doing for the Reds a couple of years ago, um, I think he's going to fit right in, too. And, you know, you lose McCutcheon, and McCutcheon did a lot of great things. He kind of filled in uh, for that DH role, and I feel like Winker can do that, regardless if he's able to play the field or not. You know, uh, well, that would probably just be a bonus. But, you know, if he's a DH man, then there you go. And Contreras, um, you, you got to have good catching, right? you got to have good – uh, production there, it's kind of gone a back seat, right? They don't care anymore. Almost like, hey, you can, if you can catch and, and make a pitcher look good, then you'll have a job. But you know what? The Brewers, they need some hitting from there. So uh, I think it's a smart move. And plus, you got Caratini locked up, right? Didn't right. they just go to arbitration yep. with him? So, like that right there, your, your catchers are set. Uh, and then, you know, you got your pitching staff. They're going to start signing all these guys here pretty soon, I bet. So I don't know. I, it's shaping up. It looks good. All right, let's talk about uh, the bullpen uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers because that's kind of my concern. They have arms, yes. Uh, They have arms that can throw the ball really fast, yes. Uh, But there's a part of me that's a little bit nervous about those 7th and 8th inning slots uh, leading up to Devin Williams uh, next year. And you just wonder whether or not with a couple of veteran guys out there, like Will Smith, a a former uh, pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, that would make sense. Araldis Chapman's 100 years old, but he's still sitting out there too. There's a couple (laughs) of guys out there that maybe you could take a flyer on for a year. They've not shown the willingness to spend money in free agency. But I I really like the idea of bringing Smith in, a lefty, to pitch that eighth inning in, in front of Williams in the ninth. Yeah, I don't know exactly what you know what who's who's left out there and what the Brewers are thinking. You know, if any they've proved over and over again they can take someone that's not on the radar and then make them an elite pitcher. They they did that. I mean, 
that Boxberger renewed his career with the yep. Brewers, you know, and, and had those high leverage roles. Kind of surprised they didn't just fork out, like, what was it, $500,000 or something just to keep him? <laughs> I felt like that probably would have been a good thing, but you still got Matt Bush. He was, you know, maybe didn't have the best time when he was with the Brewers, but he was fantastic. Look at his numbers for the season. Um, Cousins, uh, I, I mean, there's a lot of wiggle room there. You don't really know who your starters are going to be. So maybe one of those premier starters may fall into the bullpen. Who knows if it's, um, you know, Aaron Ashby or somebody like that. But uh, they got Peter Strzelecki. He showed out last year. Of course, Devin Williams. Then you start from, from the back and move forward. And guys, you know, if they don't go pick up a big name for that seventh, eighth role, that's going to be huge for the guys going into spring training because they know it's up for grabs. And that's what, as a pitcher, that's what you want. You want to know that, you know what, it's going to be me and a couple other guys going for this one spot. Uh, that makes everyone better. So if your counsel um, and the coaching staff, if you have in your mind that, you know, uh, whoever doesn't make the five-man rotation is going to end up in the bullpen and very well may end up at the back of the bullpen, is that something you tell these guys, or would you prefer them kind of have their mind made up uh, if they have a kind of an inkling that they want Ashby to kind of be back there if he struggles in spring, just to make the decision before spring? Because the one thing I think I don't want is I don't want somebody hopping back and forth between the starting rotation and the bullpen throughout the year. Well, if you can avoid that, that that's actually very smart. It's a big, extremely tough thing to do, to bounce back and forth. And hopefully they can put together a squad that that's not the case. But picking up Wade Miley... Um, you start doing the numbers. They sign Hauser. Of course, Woodruff Burns. Eric Lauer has been phenomenal. So then you start going, all right, well, who's going where? Freddie Peralta. You know, you, you can't have eight starters. And I know right. what they're doing. They're trying to overload it. And just in case they have to trade somebody, which everyone's going to need a starter, right, when it comes out of spring training. Or, uh, you got to have some backups just in case somebody gets hurt or, need, you know, does it, is not ready for opening day. Um, so the Brewers are smart in that regard. Uh, what the the fun backfires? They all stay healthy. They all do great in spring, and then you got to make the hard numbers. So I I don't want to be told as a pitcher. I, I, no pitcher wants to be told, hey, you're going to do both, or hey, you might do both, which is a good heads up. You want them to fight for it. You want them to fight for that starting rotation. If they don't get it, go. All right, you're going to be in the bullpen and do it to the guys that have done it before. If Ashby ends up being that guy, you may see. You know, maybe a spot start, but if they just put him and said, hey, you're going to pitch every seventh or eighth inning, whatever it is, um, I think he could be above elite. I, I just, he has the mindset. He's, he's had a crash course these last few years, and um, his stuff is absolutely See, electric. And I'm with you. I would rather just go into spring training and say, look, Aaron, you're going to be our eighth inning guy. This doesn't mean you're going to be in the bullpen for the rest of your career. But for this year, we want you to be our eighth inning guy. Matt Miley's going to be our fourth. Uh, Hauser's going to be our fifth. And we want you to be that guy in front of Devin Williams. I much prefer that than have this thing play out. And then if Ashby does show out in the rotation, now it's Hauser. And with all due respect to Hauser, he doesn't necessarily have the experience as Ashby does in that same situation. Well, the problem with that is if, if you start going that direction, you, you don't, he doesn't get the innings built up in spring training. So in case something does happen, right. all of a sudden you're like, okay, well now you're mid-season and you got to build this dude up in the middle of the big league season. Like that, that's, that's tough to do. Um, I would much rather go, you know, hey, we're going to build you up as a starter, and if that doesn't work out, then maybe you will be in the bullpen. But right now, I, if, I'm a, if I'm one of those, what, eight guys going for – I want the coach to come in and say, hey, we've got five spots, maybe it's six. You guys fight it out. <laughs> that's just – you don't want to be told that, hey, you're the guy that's on the fence. Like, oh, man, I don't right. want to be on the fence. 
you know, you want guys to be have full faith. And, you know, sometimes you don't know what's going to happen, but you don't let them know your plan if you don't have to. You know, if you if you, you give all the confidence to the players, let them just be pouring over uh, with all the confidence you put in these guys because you're going to you're going to get the returns back. The one thing I thought was going to happen when they traded Colton Wong, I, I really thought, okay, they're going to get a veteran third baseman to play third base. They're going to move Urias to second base. Uh, and, you know, somebody with some pop to play third base, whether that's Turner, even Longoria, who's been hurt a bunch, I know. But at least he would have given you some pop at third base uh, if and when healthy, a vet guy that could come in and play. And that just never happened. They they never did anything. Uh, and now you look at that infield with second and third base, and it's a complete guessing game, I think, going into spring training as far as who's playing where. Yeah, I, I, but they got guys that can play multiple positions. Brasso can play multiple positions. Um I, I, yeah, Toro, he, he can play multiple positions, but I, I think you finally have to just say, you know what, Bryce Turing is going to be our guy. I think he's, I think he's poised and ready. Um, and there, it, let him take over second base. You can kind of wing it at third right now if you want to switch out Brasso and Arias and figure out, you know, who's going to be your guy. Maybe, uh, Toro comes to the front and he's a switch hitter. So like uh, that kind of stuff, you, you sometimes you have to have one position that's just the, switch it out position. And right now, for whatever reason, the last few years, I guess it's kind of been the Brewers. Um, they kind of solidified Urias, but he's, you know, had injuries going back to last year. So uh, I, I think ideally you don't want to have too many positions that you're always rotating guys. Uh, but right now, I mean, with Adonis locked up at short, if you put Terang at second, you got Telez at first and, you know, you got two locked up catchers, then you're just rotating third. And to me, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty solid. Tim, I want to get into a little bit uh, before we wrap this up about news coming out uh, from uh, the miners that in AAA this year, they are going to (laughs) go to this automated strike zone. Apparently half of the league uh, is going to go to true automated strike zone every pitch of every game. That's how it's going to be all year. Uh, Then the other half of AAA is going to go to more of a challenge system where you can challenge so many strike or ball calls uh, throughout the game. Um, and that apparently has had success in the past in the minor leagues, and the players and coaches both like it. That very well may end up being uh, what ends up coming to Major League Baseball uh, at some point. Uh, What do you think uh, about them doing this down at the AAA level? Well, as soon as I saw that headline, I showed it to my wife, and my wife just said no. No, 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 no. Because I've always said, if if we get robots that are calling the pitches with, with lasers or whatever they're doing, I would pitch for another 10 years because I would throw a curveball away from righties that would knit the very front corner of the plate, like away from a righty, whichever right. way you're looking at the plate. But uh, that right there, I would do it. But the catcher, because the way it curved, me throwing sidearm, the catcher would catch it two feet outside. And the umpires would tell me, like, dude, I can't call that. And I'm screaming at him, like, kicking dirt, you know, that's a strike. And they're like, no, it, I can't call that because the catcher's catching it so far off the plate, you know, that would, everybody would get mad. So the, in some regard, it's going to help some guys. In other regard, I don't think it's going to help. I, I don't think it's going to help the game per se. <laughs> and I, I'm coming, this is coming from a guy that's yelled at a lot of umpires. Um, I think it, I think it'll make umpires lazy uh, just because it just, you know, if they mess up, they mess up. If not, it takes pressure off and then they're not really paying attention. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't think it's going to work like they think it's going to work. I think in theory, they think it's going to work. Remember a few years ago, they did a play where uh, they did like some sort of rule that you had to show the ball with your hand. This was probably like six or seven years ago. And they instituted this rule 
and a guy in right field catches the ball. I think it's with the A's. He hits the wall, falls down, gets up, pulls the ball out of his glove, and goes to throw it and drops it. Yep. Right? So all we know about baseball, they're like, oh, yeah, that's a catch. But because of the new rule, the umpire that was in the outfield was like, no, 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 that's not a catch. There were two people on base, and so now you got runners that were thinking, oh, I got a tag. And now they're like, no, we don't have to tag. So you got runners crossing. It, it was chaos. So they did it for about two weeks, and then they just banged the rule. They're like, yeah, it didn't work like we thought. I think this may be one of those type things. They may have the most sophisticated equipment that's going to, you know, digitize and all this stuff and make it do it. But if it slows the game down or if it just doesn't feel right, it's going to irk some players. I don't know. I think the fans, I don't know what they're going to react to. In theory, it looks good, but I believe it's going to be one of those rules that they're like, you know what? Maybe we messed up. Uh, I'd rather have it every pitch of every game. If if we're going to do it, I'd rather do it that way than challenges because challenges are going to slow down the game because then we got to go to oh, review yeah. and all this crap. I, so either you're going to go all in or you're not going to do it. And I look, I mean, you've already got like the, the I don't know what you got, Bally Sports Tracks, whatever you call it, where you have the little strike zone square there on the TV and it shows you if it's a, a ball or a strike or whatever the case may be. So really, it's already in play. It's just not being utilized because we want the human element. I get down with the aspect of home plate umpires getting lazy if they're not even calling balls or strikes because at that point now you're essentially only calling plays at the plate and that's it because check swings are going to first or third. So th- that's all you're really doing at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's, to me, it's a slam on the umpires a little bit. For you sure. Know? And, and just like last year with all the headsets, you know, you got these umpires with wires hanging out and they're just, and then they have to, th- you know, uh, Milwaukee's reviewing the play first down. Like, what is going on? Like, you're just, it's like they're trying to, to make it quicker and it, and then it, it's having reverse effects. And I think they're going to do the pitch clock as, as well. Yes, and, that you comes know, in this rules. year too. Yep. So to, to me, and minor league has already had it. I went to a couple of sounds games last year, AAA for the Brewers, and I was very surprised on how quick the game was. And I was like, I get it. I love that. I, you know what? If that's the way the game is, that's great. But that's great in the minor leagues. Do it for, you know, five or ten years so that all the people coming through the minor leagues know to let's get in the box. And let's play the game. Get on the mound. You have to get a generation of players that are playing in that environment before they get to the big leagues. Are you telling me you're going to tell Justin Verlander, listen, dude, you need to pitch a little quicker? Yep. It's like my whole craft is built for the last 20 years on doing this exact thing, and now you're telling me it's not going to work anymore. I'm still a good pitcher. You're just introducing something else. It's like moving the mound back six, six inches. You just can't. Guys want the craft. They want the way it's built, and when you start messing with that, it's 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 bad. And so, just do it for a generation rather than doing it now with the players that are there. Just gradually move it. And I don't think it's I don't know. I'm just not a fan. But so you know what? I don't, I'm not in charge. <laughs> you bring up something interesting. Then, so does that then mean with that pitch clock coming? And obviously, I'm assuming they're going to have it in spring training. Does that then put more importance maybe for the players to want to play a little bit more in spring training just to get accustomed more to that as far as, especially from a hitter standpoint and probably from a pitching standpoint, to get as many reps as they can prior to the season kicking off? Yeah, and there's a, there's a psychology behind it too. Like, uh, you know, stepping out of the box, clearing the mechanism type stuff. Pitchers, if they're not feeling it just right, to step off the mound, kind of you know, get back locked in. Trevor Hoffman would come to spring training and talk about the mental side and what to do when you're on the mound. And some of the stuff that he, you know, a Hall of Famer uh, come, came up with and what worked for him and taught young guys, 
it can't fly in the minor leagues right now, and it's about to not be able to fly in the big leagues just because you can't disengage the rubber. And then it's like, okay, well, the guy can steal on, like, the third one, right? Like, unless you pick him off, he automatically gets second base. Right. I mean, how, how are you going to rule that in the rule book? I mean, that, I, it, they're changing a lot of stuff, and I don't think they need to be changing that much right now. I just They're already changing the shift, and the bases are bigger. Give Ricky Henderson four and a half inches closer to second base and third base. How many bases would he steal? So I, I think I know what they're trying to do, but some of these rules are going to be gone probably before April's over. Man, crazy. He is Tim Dillard. Follow him on Twitter, always entertaining, at Dim Tillard. Also, his website, dimtillard.com. Catch him, of course, on Brewers Unfiltered throughout the season. Him, Adam McKelvey, and Brad Ford. Looking forward to watching you on Bally Sports Wisconsin as well. Thanks so much, Tim, for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Hopefully I'm wrong and all this works out, but you never know. Well, it'll be entertaining <laughs> to hear your analysis as all hell is breaking loose, at least in April. That'll be fun for sure. Yep, thank you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.